Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we are continuing our discussion on the Bible. This is part eight. Uh, If you've missed previous episodes, we highly encourage you to go on our website and to um, listen to the previous episodes uh, to enrich your spiritual journey as well as to edify yourself um, in terms of the Bible, uh, the book, the Biblios, uh, the Word of God, which has been deposited to us from God to us, from God to us. And there's no other uh, book like the Bible. Uh, the Bible has God as its author. Uh, the Bible, uh, the word that are contained in the Bible are eternal because it comes from the author who is eternal. The Bible has changed lives. The Bible will change lives. The Bible will continue to change lives for those of us uh, who heard the word. And the words uh, came from the source, which is the Bible, the gospel, the euangelion uh, that we were exposed to came from its source, which is the Bible. And so the Bible is life. The Bible uh, talks about how we can gain life and uh, not only just live, but to live more abundantly. And so in previous episodes, um, we talked about the reliability of the scriptures. Uh, we, we've talked about uh, how we ought to handle God's word. Uh, we talked about the efficacy of God's word that uh, is powerful. Uh, God's word, uh, if we are open and we are transparent with God, God's word can help us. God's word will help us if we are open, if we are obedient, if we are willing to uh, do better, if we are willing to live better, if we are willing to live a righteous life, if we are willing to be in good standings with God himself, then uh, the statutes of the Bible uh, has to be primary. We talked about how in the Bible we receive God's uh, principles, his instructions, as well as his commandments. It is through the Bible that uh, we find out who we really are. Uh, the Bible uh, is analogous to a mirror, as, uh, as Brother James talks about. Uh, when we look in the mirror, we can't forget who we are. Uh, the, that's what the Bible does. The Bible holds up a mirror in front of us, and God's word tells us who we really are not who we are in regards to the makeup we put on, not who we are in terms of the uh, appearance um, that other people see, uh, not the mask that we put on, but rather who we really, really are. Uh, Oftentimes, we may think we're one way, but when we go to the scriptures, God tells us who we really are, and I appreciate that. It's through the uh, honesty and the simplicity 
of God's word that I'm able to get the help that I need as a man. And um, all of us have uh, shortcomings. All of us have blind spots. And the Bible reveals those blind spots to us uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. We, we learn uh, that some things that we thought was right was not actually right. Uh, we find out that uh, in some ways uh, we were selfish. In some ways we were stingy. In some ways um, we were enablers. In some ways uh, we were finicky. Uh, in, in some ways uh, we gossiped too much. In some ways we were envious. And through the Bible, we're able to find out who we really are so we can open up and allow God to help us. And so that's what the Bible does. The Bible uh, does a spiritual, uh, performs a spiritual surgery on us uh, where God analyzes us and, 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 and God looks at us. Uh, and, and from top to bottom, God reveals to us uh, what our issues are. And then, this is what I love about our God. Our God doesn't just leave us without some help. God offers help. Then it's up to us to receive the help. Uh, God is not going to push himself on us, but he uh, offers us instructions. He, he offers us commandments. He offers us uh, principles. And then it's up to us to uh, be open to embrace it or reject it. And so um, prayerfully, the last few weeks have been beneficial to all of you that are listening. And again, if you missed any episodes, please go on our website, srministries.org, and you'll find the previous episodes on there, as well as the other podcast pl- uh, platforms such as iTunes and Spotify and even Pandora uh, if you wish to listen to some reasoning radio show, uh, we're there as well. So on today's episode, I wanted to talk about how to read the Bible for all it's worth, how to read the Bible for all it's worth. Um, and I, I realize that some of you all are um, veterans, um, are experienced in reading the Bible, and some of uh, our listeners are new to the correct way of reading the Bible. And we introduced this concept a few weeks ago of hermeneutics, uh, H-E-R-M-E-N-E-U-T-I-C-S. Uh, hermeneutics is the science and art of biblical interpretation. Science and art of biblical interpretation, uh, whereby we're talking about, in essence, uh, the rules that, that, uh, that govern how we ought to read the Bible and then our, uh, uh, our, our earnest conscience to obey God's word. So there's a way to read the Bible. Uh, we just don't pick up the Bible and just uh, deal with it any type of way. Uh, if you endeavor to pick up the Bible and read any part of the Bible, that's wonderful. But in addition to you just arbitrarily selecting a passage to read, there's a more systematic way to read the Bible, and that's what we want to encourage you to do. A lot of people just go to the Bible and allow gravity just to pull up a page, and then they read it and then go about their, uh, about their lives. And that's fine if you want to do that. But in addition, whatever we do, this is across the board for all Christians, we 
have to study the Bible. We, we, we have to put in place proper hermeneutics when we're reading the Bible. And it's only through this uh, systematic way of reading the Bible, uh, this inductive way of reading the Bible, that we're able to glean and exegese God's word. So uh, today I want to share with you how to read the Bible for all it's worth. Number one, the first thing that I encourage you to do is to engage in observation. Observation. And by that, I mean, uh, 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 I'm saying, ask yourself, when you're dealing with a passage, what is the passage saying? What is the passage saying? And remember what I share with you all in previous episodes. When we're asking this question, the question, the first question is not, what does the passage mean to me? That's not the first question. The first question that ought to be asked when you're trying to read the Bible for all its worth is, what was the message to the original audience? What was the message to the original audience? Then once you answer that question, the message to the original audience, then the secondary question is, is this passage, is this narrative, is this text prescriptive or descriptive? Is it prescriptive or descriptive? Now, remember, uh, descriptive passages are passages that are intended to inform us of an event, of a story, of a narrative, of a, or a prose. It's just to inform us. It's not designed necessarily to be replicated by all Christians. However, prescriptive texts are designed for all Christians to follow. Those texts are binding upon all Christians. So if you come across a text that's prescriptive, it's binding, meaning that all Christians are supposed to do it. Uh, i give you an example in, in terms of a prescriptive text that all of us are supposed to do. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 tells us to pray without ceasing. Well, we know that's prescriptive for all Christians because we have other texts in the Bible that encourages us to pray. Don't stop praying. Uh, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he and the apostles were there, and they were to pray. But eventually the apostles fell asleep. Um, numerous, numerous uh, scriptures, in, especially in the Old and New Testament, um, are flooded with um, information or directives about praying. So when we have other reinforcing texts, then we know that prob- uh, the probability of this being prescriptive is high. So again, observation is the first thing that we ought to do. Observe the text. To help with your observation, try to ask the following. Ask yourself this. Who are the characters involved in this passage? Look at the writer. Who wrote the text? Uh, and if, if you uh, desire to have a copy of our uh, thematic chart, and uh, our thematic chart lists um, the themes of the books of the Bible, and um, it, it helps to better understand the overall 
summary of the book, the overarching theme of each book. So uh, we've developed uh, a thematic roster for each book of the Bible that um, helps you to understand what, why each book of the Bible was written. So if you desire to have one, contact us at info at srministries.org, info at srministries.org, and we will email you a copy, or uh, if you rather, we could mail you a copy. So again, the first thing is observation. And in the observation, we're asking the following, the who. Who are the characters involved? And underneath that, uh, look at or try to find out the writer. That's important. Uh, finding out about the author or the writer uh, can give you a background and a sensitivity to uh, who the, uh, the writer was and why God used that individual to share what they shared. Then look at the recipients. Then look at the characters involved in the action. So just observe. You're not trying to make any judgments, but you're just observing the text. So that's the who. Then the what. What are the key truths or events of the passage, the key ideas, the important words? And this is where uh, using the thematic roster uh, will help you. Uh, if you want one, again, just email us at info at srministries.org. Uh, the key ideas, uh, what's going on in this passage? What's going on in the book, the overarching book? How does the individual chapters tie in to the rest of the book? Um, so under the what, what are the important words? This is where if you have a Bible dictionary, if you have a Bible concordance, uh, if you have a Bible lexicon, um, if you have an interlinear Bible, uh, these are tools that will aid you in better understanding the text. Uh, and if you uh, desire to uh, get this information in terms of the type of uh, Bible sources that you can use to further enrich your Bible study, then again, email us at info at srministries.org, and we will have, be happy to send you that information. So we've gone from the who. We've talked about the what. Now let's talk about the when. When did these things take place? the date of authorship, the duration of the action. When in biblical history did this occur? Is, it, is this text past, present, or future? Uh, so if you're dealing with apocalyptic uh, literature, uh, um, a lot of it is going to be in the future. So it's important that we're able to uh, determine the genres and, and the classifications. So the date of authorship, when was this particular uh, narrative or passage that you're reading in the Bible, uh, when was it written? That's important. Uh, the history, when you're reading uh, scriptures that deal with uh, historical content, you need to know what's going on. Uh, if, if you're dealing with Daniel uh, and, uh, and you're dealing with uh, the Babylonian Empire, if, if you're dealing with uh, that section of history, if you're dealing with the Assyrian uh, Empire, how did Daniel um, deal with uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Those things are important. You, you want to be able to answer that. How does that fit into history? And uh, the book of Daniel actually gives us a lot of great historical facts. So it, it, it already uh, opens itself to further study 
on hist- the historicity of that uh, particular book. So ask those questions. Um, the, 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 the main ideas. Uh, when did these things take place? The date of authorship. Duration of the action. So how long, as an example, was uh, uh, Daniel uh, held in, in, in the position he was in? Or when it comes to the, um, the exile of, of, of Israel, how long were they in exile? Uh, duration of the action. Uh, how long did it take Daniel to go from uh, working with the baker to becoming a governor? So these are questions that you want to be able to answer. When in biblical history did this occur? Um, the, the events of the Bible happen in real time. So since they happen in real time, that's a, a historical aspect that can't be forsaken. We, we must be able to place the events where they belong, when in biblical history. Uh, I just recently, as part of my Bible study, um, purchased a, a, a Bible. As, as I'm doing my research, that put the, the Bible story or, or the, uh, the history or the narratives of the Bible in chronological order. So uh, I'm, I'm engaging my, in my study because as a Bible student, as a follower of Jesus Christ, I just want to make sure that uh, I'm learning. I, I want to make sure that I'm able to put um, human history in its right perspective. And so uh, the Bible certainly helps us to do that. So as we're reading, we talked about the who. We talked about the what, you know, the key truths, then the when. When did these things take place? Uh, The date of authorship, duration of the action. When in biblical history did these events occur? Past, present, or future? So is this uh, narrative, is this this, uh, text dealing with the past? Is it dealing with the present, or is it dealing with the future? Uh, And especially... Uh, when we're dealing with the Greek language, we, uh, the Greek language affords itself to um, ascertaining or understanding if an act was past, present, or future. So um, it, it, it's just uh, a great thing to be able to not only read the Bible, but to study the Bible. That's always a great thing. So we dealt with the who. We talked about the what. And all of this is under observation. When, when you are just reading, uh, consider the who, consider the what, consider the when, then consider the where. Consider the where. Where did these things take place? Where did these things take place? Uh, it, did it happen in the temple? Did it happen in the wilderness? Did it happen in the courts of Pharaoh? Did it happen... Um, in Greece, did it happen on the oceans? These things helps again to better understand the passage and to better understand what's going on. Uh, the elements or the nature that's depicted in the Bible are mentioned not just uh, for arbitrary reasons. Uh, when when uh, the passage talks about there rose a storm in the, uh, in the sea, it's there for a reason. Uh, it's it, there to demonstrate, uh, number one, what actually happened, but also 
uh, to uh, allow us to be privy to the situation. Uh, the seas weren't calm. The, 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 the seas were raging. And because of the raging sea, uh, the, those that were on the boat, as an example, were concerned. And we can identify with that. If, if you are in a boat and the seas are raging uh, to the point where your boat is uh, moving back and forth, the first uh, natural reaction is we may be capsized, as Paul was later on in his life uh, when he was capsized with the uh, barbarians. But uh, when we look at Jesus um, walking on the water, if the seas are not calm, you may think you may lose your life, but here comes the protagonist. Here comes Jesus. Uh, the one who rescues us from uh, distress, the one that rescues us from the storms of life. So, again, uh, under observation and how to read the Bible for all it's worth, consider the who, what, when, where. And the where, uh, you, you, you want to look at the place, places that are mentioned. Uh, you want to take a look at the buildings. You want to take a look at the cities, the nations, uh, the landmarks, and the Bible it's, it's just a field with different places that uh, once existed, which no longer exists. And some of these places do exist. Uh, example, as an example, uh, if you uh, have the privilege of uh, traveling to some of the Bible lands, you can still see Mars Hill. Uh, you, you can still see the old uh, Ephesian theater. Um, you can still um, see the uh, five porticos as mentioned in John chapter 5. So some of these places still exist. Uh, the, the, the Bible um, is historical as well as factual. So the first thing when it comes to studying the Bible for all its worth is observation. Okay? And as you're engaging in observation, remember, consider the who, consider the what, the when, the where. Uh, and if you ask those questions, you'll be able to better understand the passage. Uh, so from observation, we move to interpretation, meaning what does it mean? What does this text mean? Uh, the more time you spend in observation, the more uh, familiar you should be with the content of the passage. The content are all of the words, um, all the words that you find, the places, the people, as well as the ideas, the expressions, etc., contain the passage. So when we look at interpretation, we're looking at content. Uh, we're looking at not only content, but we're also looking at context. Uh, and as we're looking at context, we're talking about what can the surrounding context of the passage help us with in terms of understanding what we're reading. Well, our time, unfortunately, has come to a close. Um, we highly encourage you to not only read your Bible, but study your Bible. Uh, you'll be a better uh, follower of Jesus Christ for studying your Bible. Uh, we'll continue uh, how to study the Bible for all it's worth on our next episode. And as always, we thank all of you for your support and for your prayers. Uh, for those of you who would like to support us financially, please go online to srministries.org, or you can make out your donation to SRM. P.O. Box 582306, 
Elk Grove, California, 95758. And remember to always do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.